This is Steeler Country, episode 167 for week 12, 2015, when the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the Seattle Seahawks, 39-30, recorded December 1st, 2015. I agree. If someone would have told me before the Steelers game that, look, the Steelers are going to lose, but the Patriots are also going to lose, I would have said, look, you can have the Steelers lose by a thousand points. I would not be sad. Nothing can make me sad now. The Patriots lost. Is it true that Tom Brady was very upset with the officials or whatever? Oh, of course. Oh, listen, you should listen to the Bill Simmons podcast. Bill Simmons, uh, uh, who does his own podcast, he used to be at ESPN, now he's at his own podcast. Huge. He's a great sports mind. I mean, he's, he's fun to listen to, but he's a huge Pats homer. And he, he thinks it's a full-on, like, he's not just thinks it's a, an officiating errors in this game. He's calling for full-on conspiracy, like the NFL has it out for the Patriots and wanted him to, wanted them to lose. Stop the streak. Is he the guy that um got suspended by ESPN yes. or something? Yes. I forgot what he did. Yeah, I listened to his first podcast back, mm-hmm. you know, and I wasn't that... He is a he's a he's a Pat's homer. You have to get over the he's fact that he's not compelling at all. So did the Patriots uh, headset stop working? Is that what happened? <laughs> That'd be great. I, I think the calls that they were mad about was like there was a defensive uh, holding call or a pass interference call, and then there was an offensive pass interference call against Gronk. Those were the two big ones that really cost him the game. I mean the the uh, the defensive holding one definitely it, it kept the drive alive. They scored the they scored the. Uh, the go-ahead touchdown the Broncos did in, in regulation on that drive. And that was like a third down play. Huh. So I know Peyton Manning didn't play in the game, but it's it's sort of interesting that um that a, a game that's called, you know, with defensive holding or not or called tightly or loosely, you know, just questionably officiated mm-hmm. um, against, against – um, Brady and um for the first time really ever in the history of of um the Manning and and Brady showdowns and Brady's all pissed off about it all. Well, it, actually Joe it gets better because you know there was uh there was I a never very, heard, there was I a, never heard Well, I just want to say that back when Peyton was Peyton Manning, I know he didn't play in this game, but when he was a Colt and they lost a playoff game to a very questionably called game um where Peyton Manning's receivers were played much tighter than the rules allowed for, as all of us understood them. And then suddenly, um, here come the Patriots with this game plan of, oh, we're going to jam the receiver all the way down the field, you know, with our, in our new time machine, um, you know, that took us back to 1975. And, uh, the refs are just going to, you know, they're just going to be like, yeah, great. It's, uh, you know, we got the 75 rule book right here. Well, it's all good. I never heard Manning complain about that. Well, uh, Brady, Brady didn't complain after the game. He was just more going after the officials during the game. But um, no, but but one thing that was very cute about this game that Patriots fans are, are very up in arms about um, is an, an obscure rule was called against the Patriots in this game, which almost and I was very I was very hopeful that it was going to actually cost them the game, but it didn't. But it was very close to costing them the game. And the situation I'm talking about is uh, the Patriots are driving. There's an injury for the Broncos which the Broncos don't have any timeouts. And so in a game, you are actually allowed a fourth timeout. 
right? They call it's an extra. You get a fourth timeout, and then if you have to use another timeout at any point, then it's a then a fifth timeout is actually a penalty. But you get like a you get like a one time fourth timeout, right? But it but the clock doesn't stop on that time, or the the clock starts running again when the when the referee signal, right? So it's not like a real timeout where the clock starts on the ball being snapped. So they make the announcement that this is a this is a fourth. The Broncos are beginning with a fourth timeout. Then they start the clock up again, but the Patriots don't realize it. And so the clock runs and runs and runs and runs and runs, and it gets down to like 10 seconds before they actually hike the ball. Um, and it looks like, holy crap, like if, if this play gets tackled, any, you know, if anything happens on this play, weird, it's over. The game is over. Uh, but they, they did get out of bounds on that play and were able to kick the field goal. But they were very much, a lot of Patriots complaining about the weird call there, uh, which reminded me, I've never heard of this fourth timeout rule either. I've never heard of it. I don't know that the, I don't know that there's, why there's a, a timeout in the book that the clock actually can start on, which that doesn't make any sense either. Time out means the clock stops. But um, I did enjoy it for, like, the, you know, the schadenfreude of, like, hey, remember remember the tuck rule? No one really knew what that rule was either. But it happened. Yes, I'm rest assured, Patriots fans, um, it's an egregious rule. It's horrible that all of the NFL doesn't understand and is, and is dismayed yep. by. Yeah, same with and, uh, the playoffs last year, the eligible Oh, the eligible receiver, yeah. Or the ineligible. Yeah, last year, the eligible ineligible receiver. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, the this eligible is... eligible receiver with an eligible number. Unfortunately, this is uh, not... You know, the... Oh, go ahead, Mike. Um, no, go ahead. Okay, well, I was just going to say, unfortunately, this is not uh, Patriots hate cast. This is, uh, this is Steeler Country. I'm your host, Tony, alongside my two co-hosts, Mike and Joe. Uh, and unfortunately, guys, we have to talk about... Another Pittsburgh Steelers loss. Uh, the Steelers lose to the Seahawks, bringing them to six and five on the season. Um, yeah, this was uh, this was not an ideal way for the Steelers to go, and it is it is now Ben Roethlisberger leaves this game in the fourth quarter with a concussion. Uh, we're not really sure of the, his status just yet because uh, he is going to go through concussion protocol throughout the week. Um, Mike, this is the third. This is I'm sorry. This is just the this is the eighth time Ben Roethlisberger has not been able to finish. Game this season, eleven games, just three of them uh, ended with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. That's real surprising. I saw you uh, you sent that out today. So can you recap which three games did he finish? Uh, I guess the three that he finished were uh, Patriots. He finished um, the he finished the, uh, the the 49ers, obviously, and then he finished the Bengals game, right? Or did he finish the Bengals game? I don't even remember. It's either the Bengals or the Browns. Every other game he left. That is crazy. And and so how many of the 11, how many have he started? Uh, of the 11, okay, so Ben Roethlisberger has started in every game but four. Right, he was out for four games. Okay. Um, so he's played in, of our 11 games, he's played in seven. Seven, and he didn't finish four of the seven. Right. That's amazing. I mean, it's, you know, six and five, it's a crappy record. No one likes that record. We kind of knew that it was possible to lose to Seattle. We said of the last remaining six games, you had to choose one. That would be the one to lose uh, because the rest are AFC games. But it just feels crappy. But when you think about it, with your starting quarterback playing seven of 11 games and only finishing three, it's, it's pretty amazing to be six and five. It is. Joe, I know you're uh, you're our resident. Uh, actually, uh, I should announce that we're going to have a new podcast. I think I might start it in the off season. It's going to be called Steeler Country Investigates, uh, and the first podcast in that series will be uh, a look into why 
Joe hates the Seahawks as much as he does. Uh, but Joe, you are a resident Seahawk hater on this podcast. Uh, so I want to know, I want to get your feeling. The Steelers lose to the Seahawks, a team that you were sure last week that we were going to, we were going to cream. Um, didn't happen that way. How are you feeling this week? Yes, I predicted a Steelers blowout and it didn't happen. And I think I said if the Steelers didn't blow them out, then the Steelers would lose. Um, I think I, had, and, I think I had a similar prediction. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it just – so I, I do want to correct you, though. I, I am not a, in general, you know, hater of the Seahawks. Uh, I'm in, – in the current era, I am just a – I'm just a non-believer in their whole – Skeptic. Their whole skeptic. thing they got going on out there. Yeah, I, I didn't believe that they were – um, you know, this powerhouse team last year. I don't believe they're a powerhouse team this year. Did this game I do anything believe, to... No, but I do believe the year they won the Super Bowl, they were as good as, they were as, as good as, uh, as they were made out to be. But that, that didn't last that long. It was two years uh, ago, yeah. And that's just been my, that's been my, you know, it's more, not really so much against the Seahawks as much as it is against, you know, the hype around, the overhype, misplaced hype around Seahawks. So who cares? Um, and then you know, uh, I got a, I got a bad taste on the Seahawks after the 2005 Super Bowl with their crying about the refs, and then the Bill Levy thing stirred that up again a few years ago. Um, so yeah, the Steelers went out west and lost to the Seahawks. You know, it was a crappy game. Um, there was really nothing that that went well in that game. The Steelers um, didn't play well. On offense overall, um, they had good moments, but they they screwed them up um, often enough to where it, it wasn't good enough. And on defense, it was bad. Um, yeah, it was uh, defensively. Yeah, it was it was a rough one. I'm gonna make a. I, I think you know you guys like to compare the Steelers' offense to uh, an automobile. In fact, um, you know I'm expecting one later today, guys. So don't don't let me down. But I'm gonna make another. I think this is gonna be like my third comparison to. Uh, the soccer uh, this year, but I'm gonna make. I, I, so this game reminded me a lot. In soccer, uh, it's a very different sport from football, right? Because in football, you, you score a lot, right? In soccer, you don't. As an average soccer game is like a one to one, two, only three opportunities. Um, and in soccer, you know, you can't judge your team just based solely on the amount of goals that you score, right? Um, because in soccer, it's really about the number of good quality chances that you get. And then sometimes you can just get unlucky, right? And I'm reminded of, you know, my favorite team is Tottenham. Uh, earlier this year, like their fourth game of the year, they played a game against Everton, a game that they should have won. They 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 shot the ball 20 times. Uh, Everton only had eight shots, and the game ended in a nothing-nothing draw, right? And you walk away from that game, and you're like disgusted. Right? How, did, how did we shoot the ball 20 times, and we didn't score? Right? But that's the thing about sports, that sometimes – just get unlucky, but you, you have to take at least some solace in the fact that, you know what, we got 20 shots, we dominated the team. Yes, we didn't get the result that we wanted, but we, we overall played well. And I think in this game, you know, I come away, oh, actually, I should say, I, I just rewatched the game like two hours ago, because I was going to come on the podcast and say something very different from this, and I'm glad that I rewatched it, because um, it kind of, it was a little bit of catharsis in like watching the game and being like, oh, hold on, wait, what happened? I, I really feel like the result of this game is not, I don't think it says much about the Steelers, to be honest. I think this is a lot more about the Seahawks. I mean, to be honest, we, we just got Seahawked in this game. If you look at the amount of things that went against the Steelers in this game, we had the fake field goal interception. We had uh, the Ben squeezing the ball 
and and then it just gets intercepted. It gets intercepted, right? The, the very next play after that is the Jimmy Graham bobble catch, where the ball hangs up in the air and he's able to bring it down, and it does not touch the ground. Um, we had we had a fumble recovery in this game, which would have been huge at the time, uh, and that's overturned because Mike Mitchell stepped out of bounds or the the ball was out of bounds. Uh, Lawrence Timmons on a on a big first down. We have a, we have a, the play at midfield. Um, it's a first down. We're gonna we're gonna get a sack here, and he. He pushes Russell Wilson, and they call a personal foul even though it was inbounds, right? Then you have Brown tripping and falling, or was he pushed by Sherman? We don't, you know, whatever. But anyway, that ends up in an interception. Um, and then Wheaton has that long catch on the last drive that's also overturned. Um, you know, I, I think I think we can look at this game two ways, right? We can say, look, did, did the Steelers play poorly, or did they just get unlucky in this game? I, I really think... I really think it's just... I, I lean more towards the... They just... They, this was just not a game that the Steelers... The Steelers didn't get any breaks in this game. The Seahawks did. And that ended up being the difference for me. Yeah, there's a point in the game when uh, probably when the ball goes out of bounds and we don't recover that because, like, the tip of the ball hits out of bounds. You just start thinking it's just not going our way. And there's games like that in all sports. It's just not going your way that day. And it's too hard to overcome all of those things. Now, you pointed out a couple of things there that make me start wondering about conspiracy and the makeup calls from 2005 Super Bowl. Oh, I love I don't this. know, man. I love this. <laughs> I don't know. There were some crappy calls in that game. There, no, there were. There were very... In this game, I should say. Yes. 2005 was fine. <laughs> Perfectly called game. Well, I, I mean, I, I do agree with everything you said, you know, as far as the ball wasn't, you know, in, to sum it up quickly, the ball, the ball, the calls, the breaks, the the game of inches was not was not falling in our in the Steelers' direction on Sunday. Um, there's no doubt about that. But I don't believe for one second that that's the difference in the game. Um, you know, the Steelers, the Steelers. You know, some of those things happened because the Steelers didn't play well. Um, and uh, you know, and then some of those things happened because the Seahawks did play well. As hard as that is for me to say, um, they did. Uh, you know. On the fake punt thing, that was a good call. I like the call. Uh, and, uh, you know, shame on Landry. He wants to be a starting quarterback and underthrows that pass. I don't believe the pass was ever going to get caught by a stealer, not that pass, not to that lineman. Um, but but uh, that lineman should have been out there by himself uh, with no one on him, and there, he was not. There was, a, there was an athletic, um, alert, prepared, unsurprised, Seahawk back there, ready to make that play and did. Um, and so I, I don't buy for one second that the Steelers, you know, beat themselves or got unlucky or the Seahawks got lucky. The Steelers lost the game because uh, they didn't play well, and they didn't play well on any side of the ball. Um, hey, that, that's a good point, but I do want to point out that we did have one thing that went our way, and it was on that fake punt, if you remember, when uh, the guy intercepted it and was returning it for a clear touchdown, so it seems. He had, like, Landry to beat. What happened? He just stumbled down. over and fell. But that really didn't go. I mean, that really didn't go our way because they scored a touchdown know, two plays later. I know they still scored the touchdown, yeah. but still on that single play. Yeah, right. I mean, that was very fortunate. Yeah. But Joe's right. I mean, all those third down, third downs. Tomlin pointed out in his press conference, the, at least the part that I heard, they converted like all these third downs, third and longs. You probably have the stats in front of you how many they they yeah. converted. But I mean, with Wilson thrown on the money a lot of times, and and these, you know. These these receivers are good. They're not great, but they play great at times, especially on third down. 
Yeah, no, they were they were seven of thirteen on third down. I, I have to say though, I don't think like okay. So we've I've heard a lot in the media this week and from Steeler fans and even from Tomlin himself. And I'm really you know like I said, I was going to come on this podcast and say something very different, but having just watched a replay of this game, being able to to see it at a distance now, um, I don't I'm not I'm not buying into this like. We need to change the secondary. Like the secondary is a big problem, and we have to fix it. It's got to be fixed immediately. You know, um, th- what happened to us against Seattle is still the exception. It's not the rule, right? Um, and if we're, wor- I, I don't, I know we're worried about that we gave up 39 points, right? And we we did that against uh, the Raiders two weeks ago, almost three weeks ago now. But uh, we the Raiders put up big points on us, and then obviously Brady did in, in week one. Um, but those are three games out of 11, right? The other eight games, the defense has played really, really well, um, and I don't think that we need. To, I don't think that this game was so far removed from what happened against the teams that we didn't give up points to, right? We, we've said a lot of times in this week, or in this podcast, that this this defense is good, and it's much better than we thought it was going to be, but it plays with fire at times. And what I mean by that is that we give up yards. Yards, 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 yards. This defense is about is what they what this team has been able to do thus far is to be able to give up yards, and teams can drive, but they don't score, right? It ends in not a score. They they end up getting a a big play at the end, or um, uh, they they you know they force them to a field goal. Uh, but something happens at the end that that doesn't allow them to get a touchdown. And I you know we I think if you look at this game in particular, I mean yes we gave up thirty nine points, and yes Russell Wilson looked very very good. He threw five touchdowns, but three of those three of their thirty nine three of their touchdowns twenty one of their thirty nine points came off of t- came off of interception off of, off of turnover. Um, I think that that's significant, right? I, I do think that that is a significant stat, and I don't think we need to say, oh, well, you know, this defense has to be blown up now. And I know Tomlin's talking about, well, we're going to, we might change the, the cornerback rotation. Like, it's not, this was not that different from, you know, Johnny Manziel lit us up for 400 yards too, and that was a week ago or two weeks ago. No one, no one was saying, hey, we need to change the secondary out two weeks ago. Uh, but now all of a sudden it's, well, everything has got to get blown up. And I think we need to just take a step back and say, you know, look, Russell Wilson's a good quarterback. This is a, this is a you know, the, this is a a thing that has happened to us. Yes, but it is not. It is the exception, not the rule. I agree in that. I think Cockrell and Blake, uh, you know, they're they're good. I think they're good players. They're just sometimes they're inconsistent. And this and in this game, they were getting beat at times. And um, and it's hard to say to to bench them in the future uh, based on what they've done this season. I mean, they've made some huge plays in big games in the end zone interceptions and things like that, fumble recoveries, big hits. So I think that, um, I actually think, and this, this may not make sense, but in the middle of a game, if a guy's getting beat like that, change it up in the middle of the game, let him sit for a series or two and think about it. I mean, we do a lot of rotation with the linebackers and that, and, and defensive linemen that works really well. And I don't think teams really do that with cornerbacks. I mean, maybe that's almost like rotating a quarterback. But that may be something that you do if a guy's getting beat like that. Yeah, I mean, you could certainly – I think with Blake especially, because Blake's – you know, the stat's been out there for I don't know how many weeks now that Blake is the most picked on cornerback in football, right? Of every cornerback in football, no no cornerback has been thrown to more than Antoine Blake. Um, And I do think – look, I do think that we should probably try – Something right to 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 make Blake better because he is statistically the worst corner in football, but it hasn't manifested itself this poorly, uh, you know, all season, right? This hasn't been an, an every week type of thing. 
Um, the, 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 and I'm okay, I'm okay with making some small changes, but the, the change that Tomlin talked about today, which was moving William Gay from a nickel back, where he is great, to the outside, kind of scares me. Because William Gay is a guy who you haven't heard his name called all year. Like, we, when was the last time you remember William Gay making a bad play? And it's because he's been, we've been putting him in a situation where he is spectacular, and that's the nickel back. And if we're talking about moving him out now to the outside, we're going to put Boykin in at the nickel. I mean, this is what, you know, I guess this is what this is what Steelers fans want, but I would just say, look, be careful with that because William Gay has been really, really good for us, and you know, as bad as it's been, it, it could get worse. I'm surprised well, that he uh, just real quick. I'm surprised Coach Tomlin said that at the press conference, like said what he was going to do in the future. That's or at the next game. Well, it's something he said he's considering. Yeah, I'm just surprised he gave the details to the media. Yeah, like that. Go ahead, Joe. Well, I, I I'm. I, I'm kind of glad that he's talking about changing things up because, you know, we've known this defense. This defense was suspect, you know, all year. Um, we talked about it in the preseason. The defense has played, or at least it's gotten results, which is kind of what Tony was talking about earlier. It's gotten results that have surpassed, you know, our true expectations. And, you know, just to remind everybody of, of what we thought before the season started, I'm going to go to my buddy Dennis here. Just hang on a second. They crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. <laughs> All right, shut up, Dennis. <laughs> Sorry, I had that queued up just a couple of seconds too early. Uh, yeah, so they, I, the defense is what we thought it was going to be. Um, and it, and it, it's been amazing that it didn't give up so many points, you know, especially during the weeks that, um, uh, that Ben didn't play, that, you know, Vic played and, and that, uh, uh, Landry played and the offense could hardly move the ball and, and convert a first down and the defense was on the field constantly. I mean, I, I, it's a miracle that the defense didn't give up 30 points a week in those, in those games. Um, uh, so really what I saw on Sunday in Seattle was the defense that I expected to see all year. I'm not surprised at all. The linebackers played well. They, they you know, they got to Russell, um, and they, uh, you know, they were pretty, pretty effective against the run. They weren't great, um, which is pretty much what we expected. Uh, and the secondary was horrible, um, which again is pretty much what we expected going into the season. I don't think there's been a miracle transformation back there, um, because it did, it did give up. The secondary has given up a lot, a lot of yards through the season. Um, and finally it manifested itself in points. And I'm not going to point to the office and say, Hey, you, you turn the ball over three times because you know the mark of a bad defense, okay, is you turn the ball over three times and it results in 21 points. Can't get any worse than that. Right, but I mean, it, it's a, a, a common stat or another is if you lose the turnover battle, you lose the game. You can't I'm turn not the ball. even talking about losing the game. Okay, so three turnovers. Can we give up nine points? Can we give up six points? Can we give up ten points? We have to give up 21. No, no, I mean, look, I, I agree with you, but I just think, I think the, the, look, what happened, why did we give up 39 in this game, but, but giving up the same amount of yards only gave up 9 against Cleveland, or only gave up, uh, 13 against Arizona, or only gave up 20 against, uh, against San Diego, right? I don't think that this is such a huge, I don't think something crazy happened in this game, um, and it's like, oh, well, this is all of a sudden who we are now. I don't think that this game defines this defense. This was a poor game by the defense. I agree with that. They were put in some poor spots. They're not. They're not a great defense. We knew that all year. Um, 
But I, I again, I, I just, I, I hesitate to to panic over over this game. There were some really crazy, fluky things that happened in this game that ended up going Seattle's way. Um, and, okay, but I want to transition to the offense real quick because um, Joe, I was surprised to hear you say that you thought the offense played poorly uh, because I, I really think the offense. Uh, I think the offense played really well, and against against the Seattle defense, that really was was coming to prove something. I mean, we're the highest scoring, well, one of the highest scoring teams in football over the past three weeks. Uh, we scored thirty now, three weeks in a row. Those those are the three weeks when Ben has been, you know, quote unquote, legitimately healthy. Not the Bengals game, but every game since the Bengals game, we put up thirty plus points. Um, I thought the offense again. I, I mean, I thought they played well uh, outside of the fluky turnovers. I, I mean, you know, if you look at what the Seahawks did on defense, they took they, their plan was to take AB out of the game, and, and they did right. I mean, he only he had six catches for fifty yards. It was really ineffective for large parts of the game. Um, Bryant was was uh, covered well most of the game. I mean, he had a lot of fifty fifty balls, um, but not a lot of them went his way, and he ended up with only like I think uh, fifty sixty yards receiving, something like that, right? Um, and I think, you know, a lot of times people like to call the style of offense that we play finesse, right? They, uh, they're a finesse team, especially without Le'Veon, right? Oh, they're a finesse team. They threw the ball 55 times, finesse, right? Um, but I, I don't think so. I, I don't think this team, this team, this team certainly to me is not a finesse team. We put up 30 points against the Seattle team that was playing us tough, that was hard hitting, that was taking away the things that we like to do. Um, and we were giving it back to him. And this game plan revolved a lot around Heath Miller, who was removed from the game early on. And uh, I was extremely excited. And I know I've been saying on the podcast for the past couple weeks, remember when Marcus Wheaton was on the team? Well, I will, I, you know, Marcus, if you're listening, I will never say that again. This was an unbelievable performance by him. And when, when Bryant was taken away, when Brown was taken away, when Miller was hurt, uh, here steps up Marcus Wheaton, which is this is the exact kind of thing that you want to see from this team. Which is that it does, Marcus Wheaton is that third guy. So that if, if it isn't Brown, Brown's day, if it isn't Bryant's day, it can be Wheaton's day. And I love seeing that from this offense. Uh, well, uh, you know, the offense had its moments. Um, I, uh, it, the, the, the offense just never, it just never seemed like it got it got it going. It, it, how many times was it three and out? Um, it seemed like a lot, uh, and uh, and it only it only mustered um, thirty points. Uh, they were able to, like you said, take Antonio Brown out of the game, the Steelers' uh, number one weapon, and the Steelers didn't have much of an answer. I mean, they they did answer with um, with uh, with Wheaton uh, some, but it wasn't it wasn't devastating like it should have been ben was throwing in and this is on ben really throwing into multiple coverages um seemingly you know if, I, if i'm looking at where ben's throwing the ball and there's four seahawks there there ought to be somebody sitting pretty wide open somewhere else uh, so you know i'm not saying the offense played horribly but the offense the offense needed to win the game and they were unable to do it uh, because the defense got torched yeah, I don't think the offense was that bad. I think that, um, I mean, Ben threw for 456 yards. That's a lot of yards. And, uh, it was disappointing that 
uh, Antonio Brown was more or less shut down. I was surprised. I, I kept thinking that he was going to have a big play at some point in the game and, and to make a big difference. I think it just came down to the Seahawks offense made plays when it counted and the Steelers offense did not. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but maybe you can help me, Tony. I mean, how many times did we get in the red zone and how many touchdowns did we score? Uh, we had a red zone statistics. Uh, they were, they were four for four. We were two for four. So they, they had four red zone trips all resulting in touchdown. Yeah. We had, so obviously we had two. Yeah. And I mean, if they, if they go three for four and we go three for four, you know, that's the point difference. We win the game. Yep. Um, I don't know. It was just, uh, you know, obviously we missed Heath Miller because he was a big part of the game, as you mentioned early in the game, as part of the game plan. And, um, and it seemed like, uh, that that was on because they were taking out Antonio Brown. The middle of the field was open. And for some reason, you know, with Heath out, we couldn't capitalize on that. Well, it seemed like Wheaton certainly took, took more advantage of that middle of the field type. You know, he was playing the slot. And so he was able to kind of take that role of, I'm the guy to throw to over the middle. Um, I mean, it was pretty effective. Two, 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 uh, nine catches, 201 and a touchdown ain't bad. But no, I agree with you. I think the red zone, red zone efficiency was a problem against Seattle. Um, there, there was some, you know, I'm like, I don't want to ca- question play calling, but like there was one where it was second and, second and seven from like the, the eight yard line or something and we ran a draw play and it got stuffed. Uh, and now it's, now it's third and ten from the ten or third and ten from the eleven. Um, you know, it's a little situational play calling like that in the red zone. Um, that'll kill you. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm obviously not having Heath in the red zone uh, was a big deal because we like to go to Heath on those little, like, shovel plays or, or plays over the middle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, red, red zone offense, certainly in this game, um, you would have liked to have it, yeah, like you said, at least one of those touchdowns back. So at the end of the game when uh, the Steelers kicked the field goal, when it was going to be fourth and goal from the four, yeah, what do you guys a, think about that? Unbelievably controversial now. I, I, I swear, I, I, I'm shocked at how controversial this play has become. Because at the time, it just made sense to me, no, kick, kick the field goal, and let's, let's try to make a stop at the end here, um, and we'll, you know, we'll get the, we'll get the ball back. Um, because it wasn't like, the thing about this game is it wasn't like our defense didn't make stops, right? We, we held them plenty of times in this game. But it was after turnover that they would get those big, you know, they would get the big play and it's all of a sudden, oh, touchdown, oh, touchdown. But there were a lot of times in this game where we did get, you know, we had, we had a three and out, uh, what, three times in a row in the middle of this game. Um, but it just to me, it felt like, yeah, just kick the field goal. We, hopefully we get the ball back. If we do, we're gonna score. Um, but it just didn't, you know, did not work out that way. Shocked to hear about how controversial it is. You know, um, I didn't mind the call at the time. I kind of could have went either way. I guess I just have that trust in Tomlin. I mean, he's been, he, he makes big calls like that all the time with two point conversions. I mean, this is the guy that basically, remember a few seasons ago, we're winning by one point, I believe, and he, and he kicks an onside kick because he wasn't, uh, confident in his defense. Yes. So this, this is a guy that knows his team. And, um, obviously he, he thought we were going to get the ball back and, and have a stop. And, um, and they really should have. I mean, they got him to a third and nine with the Seahawks throwing. Uh, if you play that right and they don't play it perfect, it's an incomplete pass. It stops the clock for us and we got plenty of time. However, 
it didn't work out that way. Now, in retrospect, when I think back, you know, if you go forward on fourth and goal, obviously if you make it, it's a huge play, and then you're playing defense, and they're they're trying to score. And I can't remember where we've gone up by three. The score at the time, the score at the time was thirty-two to or twenty-seven to thirty-two. So we would have gone up by you know either probably we would have gone for two, right? So we either would have been thirty-three, thirty-two, or thirty-five, thirty-two, depending on whether two-point conversion. Yeah, we would have been up by one or three. One or three. Right. So the so defense would have, would have had to have made yeah. a stop anyway. Yeah. But the other thing is, um, in retrospect, you think about it, okay, you give them the ball, they're at the four, and you still have to stop them. And if you do stop them, then instead of getting the ball back and having to kick a field goal um, you have to go back to and win. get the touchdown again. No, you go back and get the touchdown. And the way their offense was moving, a uh, field goal over a touchdown, you know, I mean, it's something to consider. Right. Anyway, I mean, but, Tomlin, but, yeah, and Tomlin brought this up during the press conference, and he said, look, I wanted to give my defense a spark. I wanted to inspire, you know, inspire them to make the, make the stop. Um, and he felt like, uh, you know, kicking the field goal and saying, look, defense, if you don't make the stop, if the game is over now, if you don't make the stop, uh, you know, was the way to do that. I mean, look, a lot of the controversy of this, and what's weird, it falls down to Tomlin's willingness to go for two as all of a sudden, I'm back to haunt him now when he doesn't go for it, fourth and goal from the three, because people are thinking, well, why didn't, you know, if you, if you run two point conversion plays so much, if you're so confident in your offense to go for two every time, even when we made this game 18 to 14 out of nowhere, um, then why not go for it, fourth and goal from the three? I guess my, you know, my point is, look, if you go, if you go for it, fourth and goal from the three, you make it. It's a touchdown. Okay, cool. Now you're up by one or three, right? And now you have to make two plays from the two. You have to do two plays in a row from that spot. To get to three. So let's say it's only one. Let's say we missed two-point conversion. Well, now, are you trusting this defense when Russell Wilson's throwing the ball to not give up a field goal when you have Hauschka on the other side who makes everything? I mean, I understand where Tomlin was coming from in this game. And that's true. Because they they would be in four-down territory. Four-down territory, all they need is a field goal to win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they would be more in a uh, a mode of desperation than a mode of conservative, hey, we don't want to turn the ball over. We just want to get a first down. And, um, you know... That's a good point there. I think I think what really hurt us in this game, uh, and this is going to sound really stupid. This is going to sound really stupid. Well, not hurt us in the game, but hurt us on that possession, the last possession. Okay, so they go first and ten. They get three yards. It's second and seven. Second and seven, he fumbles, and they lose three yards. Uh, and now it's third and ten. Now, what hurt us there is that he fumbled and that they lost three yards. Because if we let that in that play, now it's third and four, or now it's third and three, they're going to run the ball again, right? They're probably going to run the ball again because now they can run more clock or they can waste more of our timeouts. Um, and uh, we can uh, – we can put, we, and we're, our Maybe. front seven is much better than them. Maybe. They, they could do a rollout and a short throw. They could. They could. But the thing – I think on that series, um, didn't they have a penalty that we declined because it would have been made it like first and fourteen or first and fifteen, and we took second and nine. Second, instead? we took second and seven. Which I mean, that's okay too. I, you know, you, you said that Tomlin's taking heat for this, and you know what? I don't think Tomlin cares. Yeah, obviously, he doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, look, not going forward on fourth and goal from the three is not going to define Tomlin. No, I don't get the controversy and all that at all. I totally agree with your analysis. Um, on the fourth down play, I'm not questioning play calling. I'm not really. I'm not questioning anything. I'm saying the offense didn't have its best day, and and I think maybe maybe you know Ben could have made better decisions, or the offense could have could have 
could have schemed better to to take advantage of what they were doing to um, to Antonio Brown. Uh, but that's it. It doesn't go any further than that. And the defense, I think, got torched because that's the defense that we have right now. The secondary needs work, and I, I don't think there's much you can do. You can scheme it all you want, but I, I think when you come up against really good quarterbacks, and I'm not saying Russell Wilson is a really good quarterback, but he sure as shit looked like one on Sunday, and that is also the mark of a poor defense. You make a you make a guy that's pretty average or not doing so well, and you give him his come out game, um, and that, that's exactly what the Steelers did. Um, so that those are my complaints. Eh, no, no play calling. I like the fake the fake punt. I like the you know kicking the field goal or going for it. I mean, you could see it either way, and uh, you know just like you talked about. So I, I don't see why there's such controversy. I don't see why Tomlin's taking heat. Um, there's much yeah. to do about nothing. Yeah, I, I think so. Too. I mean, look in the moment, um, you can go up. You, you know, it's, it's a. I think people don't understand the situation as much. They haven't thought through the situation as much. I think oh, fourth and goal from the three, you should go for it to take the lead. Makes sense on paper, of course. But when you think about the situation that you're in, it's not as. I don't think it's as clear cut. You know, when we just missed a two point conversion prior to that, uh, when we went up twenty seven twenty six. Yes. I think we went for two and missed it. We missed it, yeah. So that could have been in the back of his mind too. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, uh, look, I don't think, like I said to, to start the podcast, I don't think this game says much about us. I think it says more about the Seahawks. Um, you know, they got the breaks in this game. It's not going to surprise me if, you know, they do their run now. Here we go. Seattle does their thing again. Um, you know, they go to Minnesota this week, and it would not surprise me if they just crush Minnesota and then they start their thing again. But for the Steelers, what we do have to worry about now, and it's something that I brought up on the podcast, uh, I think after the Bengals loss, is that um, the problem for us is that we keep having these losses where we go, well, okay, I mean, you know, this happened or that happened, right? I mean, the Patriots are like, well, it's Tom Brady's opening day, and, you know, he's all pissed off and finally lost. And then in the Ravens, it was like, okay, Scobie missed the two field goals, and that'll never happen again because now we have Scope. We got rid of Scobie, so it's fine. And the Chiefs are like, oh, well, it's Landry and, you know, Whatever, we're going to get Ben back, we're going to be fine. And Bengals, oh, well, Le'Veon got hurt, it changed the game, Ben played bad, it was his first game back, we'll be fine. Right? Now it's Seahawks, oh, we went to Seattle, Seahawks did the Seattle thing, we turned the ball over too much, blah, 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 we're fine. Problem is, at some point, we have to stop getting unlucky because five losses is too many to have at this point in the season. Um, you know, we're putting ourselves in a position where, you know, there's almost zero margin for error now as we go down the stretch run here. Um, you know, I agree with you. I, I was thinking that this morning. I was like, we got a damn good excuse for every single loss. We, we do, won. every one. <laughs> it's unlike last year where every loss you went, oh my God, I can't believe we lost. It's like the complete opposite of last year. Last year, every single loss, it's just a head scratching like, I, how? How did it happen? This year, it's the exact opposite. We have an eye. Oh, you want to know why we lost that game? I got like four excuses for you. No problem. But no, we got, we got to stop it because it's, you know. You're going to go 8-8 eight eight that way. I got eight reasons why we lost eight games. But we're fine now. We said it last week. We go 5-0 and down the stretch, end up 11-5. and We're the hottest team going into the playoffs. We're probably the five seed, playing the four seed. It's right where we want to be. Just got to go 5-0. and It's that simple. Just just easily 5-0. and Easy. Easy peasy. Yeah, if only. I mean, the AFC is getting, you know, unfortunately, uh, some teams in the AFC have awoken let's say, in these past couple of weeks uh, that I did not – I don't think a lot of people see, saw coming. You know, if, if uh, 
if you would have told me two weeks ago or three weeks ago that Houston was going to go on a four-game winning streak and go from two and five to six and five, uh, the same thing about the Colts that they were going to go from three and five to six and five, or the Chiefs were going to go from one and five to six and five, I would have told you you're an idiot. But nope, all that has happened, and so now we deal with an AFC where. Um, if the Steelers do not go on some kind of run here, if they do not win four out of their next five, uh, they're going to be in a real race for a playoff. So they're going to be in a a, uh, a tiebreaker scenario for the playoffs, which given our conference record, we do not want. Yeah, we got to finish uh, with a better record than the Chiefs, okay. e- even if we make the playoffs. Because like I said, we want to be that five seed and not the six seed. Not that it's that much of a difference. but So looking at the Chiefs' schedule – uh, we have the same record now, right? We're both six and five. We're both six and five. Yep. So let's look at their schedule real quick and see uh, who they may lose to. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna just tell you right now. Uh, it's don't. It's sad. It's very sad. So they've got at Raiders, home for the Chargers, at the Ravens, home for the Browns, home for the Raiders. Really, the only one on that list that you could say they could lose to is they might lose one of those Raider games. I could see them losing to the Chargers. I can see them losing both Raider games. Raiders are pretty good. And the Chiefs, I don't know how they win. The Raiders, though, the Raiders haven't won. In like, like we beat them so bad they never won again. Did they lose last week to Tennessee? No, they beat Tennessee. Oh, I'm sorry. No, they beat Tennessee. But, they had, yeah, they had lost three straight in between. And they, Yeah, and they struggled against Tennessee a bit, or it was close. It was close, 24-21. They, we really need them to beat Kansas City. They need them to beat Kansas City. That would help. Because that gets Kansas City is six losses. What do you mean if uh, we went out, we're fine. We don't have any tiebreaker BS with Kansas City. And who did the Chargers? They beat someone this weekend. The Chargers beat Jacksonville, which didn't. I mean, that, oh, yeah, were, that didn't really matter. I mean, that not. But they scored off. points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, San Diego's a team where you know you're, they're three and eight, and it's very hard to imagine why they were why they're three and eight. Right. But I'm looking at Kansas City's schedule, and Kansas City beat the Chargers. Two weeks ago, thirty-three to three. Yeah, they crushed. So maybe we can't count on the Chargers. Crushed them. No, I mean, I think, I think you know, Tomlin. Tomlin said this last week uh, before the Seahawks game, which is that look, we're in a we've put ourselves in a position that we do not need to look outside of our own outside of the stadium we're playing in to make the playoffs. And I still believe that's true today. If the Steelers win out and they go eleven and five, they will make the playoffs. If they go ten and six, they will probably still make the playoffs. But if they lose, if they slip up here two, two more times. And you put yourself at nine and seven, they're probably out. I mean, that's really what we're looking at. We're looking at eleven and five. You're definitely in. Ten and six, you're probably in. Nine and seven, you're probably out. Yeah, and, I think that sums it up. And if we're talking about the upcoming schedule, uh, it's weird because it's like, is it hard? Is it a difficult schedule? Is it not a difficult schedule? I don't know. I mean, we're playing. Here's what I will say. Here's how it becomes difficult. Is you, you say it this way: the Steelers in their next three weeks are facing. All three, or three of the division uh, leaders in the AFC in the next three weeks. Colts, Bengals, Broncos, all division leaders. And then I look at the other way and I go, eh, Colts, Hasselbeck. I mean, if we can't we can't take on Hasselbeck, we got problems. Uh, Andy Dalton, I mean, that's a revenge game for us. We should crush him. Uh, and then the Broncos with Osweiler, eh, eh. Am I supposed to be scared of Osweiler? Eh. He did look good, though. I give him credit. He, no, he actually hasn't looked terrible. He, he, takes, he takes, although the one thing I will say about him, and it plays right into us, is he, he holds on to the ball for a long time. He will get sacked against us a lot. So uh, I just want to take a second here to invite everyone who's been listening um, to, to join us. 
Um, you guys talk about how the Steelers are going to make the playoffs after a big loss. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. This is kind of a tradition on this. And so there's a special place that we like to go to for that. So let me just invite everyone. <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, listen, you know, I get it two years ago when we were 0-4 and then we were talking about this. But come on, we're 6-5. and We have a winning record. I think until we don't have a winning record, it can't, it can't be Fantasy Island until until we're like six and five and six. No, right? but just just talking about playoffs at six and five. When you, it's not like you climbed up to six and five. You're, you know, we lost our way to six and five instead of seven and four. Yeah, but uh, we lost on the road to the back to back NFC champion. Like I can't, I'm not going to get so broken up about that game. Well, Joe, if we play the Seahawks again in Seattle, let's say next week, what do you think happens? Same result? Uh, you know, you could see it. I, I, yeah, I, I do. I think, I think given the, given the way the game What? What? Well, given the way I mean, the game went saying, out. You're saying, oh, because of, of all the little things that happened. And yeah. I, I already staked my position and said, that's not why the Steelers lost. Not because, not because of the push in bounds and the 15 yards. Not really? because of, you know, Ben, uh, squeezed the ball. By the way, did you know that, uh, Ben got a, uh, a text message from Brady, um, uh, and that's when he ran to the locker room um, on the sideline because it said, "Hey, dude, you should be deflating the balls. That's why you threw that interception, you moron." Um, so, by the, way, by the way, one one thing about that play I forgot to mention. I okay in watching that play today and being able to rewatch it, and they showed like three angles of it. I don't understand why he's trying to not throw the ball. Uh, Brown's wide open on a slant route. He's wide if he just. Throws it like he's going to and just bloop, bloops it in there. Brown goes running. He's he's got a wide open lane. Boo! You get Antonio Brown over the middle. <laughs> I know. Uh, what? Hey, the other thing about that fluke. I mean, how many times d- does a quarterback throw a ball into the, like the lineman's chest? You know, five six feet away, and the lineman actually catches it. Right. I know. It's a fluke. Now, I, I think the Steelers win this game like eight times out of ten in in Seattle. I think they win eight times out of ten. <clears throat> the thing about the thing like after the Steelers lose to Seattle and Cincinnati, maybe other. Couple other couple games that Ben has played in, I always feel like I don't care. We're better than that team anyway. I mean, I just feel like the Steelers are better. They just they didn't yeah, win. I mean, that. look if 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 eight times out of ten, uh, then fine. You know, fine. I'm okay. okay whatever. But I don't think that happens eight times out. I think eight times out of ten, that drive. Well, it wasn't that drive. What was the interception? The first interception drive. By the way, the first interception happens at possibly the worst moment of the game. We get the ball back. It's 21 to 14. It's like the middle of the third quarter. We have a chance now, and we had just driven and scored a, uh, a field goal. So we're already driving on this team. We have a chance to go down, and sc- if we score a touchdown now or a field goal, it is a two possession game. And instead, on the very, and the, uh, it wasn't the first, it was the second play, he throws the friggin' interception. Yeah, that was big. Yeah, I mean, it's just stupid. Anyway, anyway. Okay, so let's talk about, uh, enough about that game. Let's talk about the Colts. We got Indy this week um, with Matt Hasselbeck. Now, two weeks ago, I thought this was going to be a much easier game because I thought there was no way 40-year-old Matt Hasselbeck is going to play well. But um, Matt Hasselbeck is actually he's actually playing pretty decent football right now. I would rate him as like a top 15 quarterback in the NFL right now, as crazy as that is. And it makes it I'm a little, little scary. Yeah, I, I am scared about this game because it kind of feels a little bit like the Chiefs game where you have a quarterback that's going to protect the ball and they're going to just be conservative, convert first downs. And um, 
we're going to have to stop them. We're not going to get turnovers to – not that the offense needs a boost, but it just seems like one of those games. And and this game, like the – well, the Chiefs, we had a backup quarterback. But this game, I mean, if we lose this game with Ben playing, I'm going to feel really bad. I mean, they, they really need to win this game. Of course, yeah. I mean, we, we are in – yeah, we are in definite must-win territory. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, what are the chances of Hasselbeck lighting up the defense? I mean, it's possible. It's possible. Really, the only three, the only three quarterbacks that have done that to us this year are Brady, Wilson, and Carr, who I think are all top ten quarterbacks. And I don't think, you know. And you don't count Manziel. He didn't light us up. I mean, no, no, but what, no, no, I don't mean, oh, no, no. Every quarterback, okay. Every quarterback lit us up, lit us up this year, right? I, I don't mean yards wise. Every quarterback lit us up yards wise. Um, I mean points wise. Only three that have actually been able to punch, punch in at the end. They haven't been able to get past the Steelers, you know, red zone mojo. Have been Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Derek Carr. So, the, so we actually have a steel curtain. Derek Carr in, yeah. in 2015. It's just located at the 10 yard. Yes. Curtain. Well, it's like no. It's it's a curtain like uh like the uh <laughs> we're like one of those um what are they with the bull and the and the curtain? What I'm, I can't my brain's not. Oh, the ma- matador. Matador. Yeah. You know, we get the bull charging. We go ha ha, and then you know we pull it away at the last second. That's what. That's our defense. That's two nice. metaphors for me tonight. I'm like still that. waiting. I'm still waiting on the automobile reference. That's two for me. I got soccer and I got matador. Listen, I'm. You know. You so we're dri- your, so la- <laughs> last week we're about. last week we're driving our Ferrari. Man, we are cruising. We're cruising. We're scoring mm-hmm. points. Eighteen two point conversions. Field goals. Everything's going cool, man. That car's running great. What happens, man? We hit a pothole, lose control a little bit. Maybe we go too fast around a corner. Somehow we end up in a ditch. And, uh, you know, we can't, we can't, uh, no, you know, I've actually actually got the perfect, can I give, can I give, can I give the automobile? All right. Here's what, here's what happened to us. Cause I, I still maintain that we just got unlucky offensively in this game. I mean, I don't think, I don't think either of Ben's interceptions are like on him. Um, so, okay, so here's how you get, okay, so it's unlucky, right? It, this is like you have your Ferrari, right? And then, like, the headlight goes out, and you're like, ah, oh, shit, I gotta get my headlight replaced now. But then you get pulled over for it, and you're like, wait, 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 no, no, it just, it just went out, but the cop still gives you a ticket for it, and now you gotta, like, fight the ticket, but you can, you just end up paying the ticket, and it's like, damn, that was, like, super unlucky thing for, to happen to me, just in the middle of nowhere. Yo, I think you'll appreciate that. I think you'll appreciate that, that, uh, that reference yeah, to us. <laughs> that works. <laughs> That's what happened. That's what happened to the Steelers this week. It's funny you used that analogy. It's funny that I use funny. a headlight analogy, right? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. You know, it's, it's it's been on my brain recently. It's been something I've been thinking about. Yeah. Oh, recently? I recently, mean, you, yeah. Recently. What do you define as recently? Like a week or three months? Oh, well, you know, listen. Uh, I, I wouldn't put a timeline on it. You know, I wouldn't put like a start date or an end date on it. You're going to tape a flashlight to the hood of your car? Oh, that's a great idea. A great idea. So backstory: my my headlight on my car has been out for uh, since January. So what what month is it now? December. Okay, so it's been a soon. It'll be January again. Yeah. yeah. Listen, but you, but you're not illegal because you don't drive at night. Well, yeah, right. Sure. Let's put it that way. Yep. Thank you for that, Mike. Good save. For any of you uh, uh, Central Florida based police officers, I don't drive at night. Uh, anyway, okay, back to back to Steeler country. Uh, we're facing the card, the Colts this week. Uh, you know, the Colts are on a bit of a winning streak here. They've won three in a row. One of those wins was against the Broncos. Um, so that's, I guess, a good win, a big win for them. Is that a Peyton game? Yeah, Peyton played that. Doesn't count. Then they beat the Falcons. Then they beat the Bucks. Um, 
you know, I look at this team and I just go, eh, you know, look at their wins. Who who did they beat? They beat the Titans, they beat the Jags, they beat the Texans. They beat those all those teams early before, you know, before the, this is before the Texans were good. And then they've beaten the Falcons, the Broncos, the Bucks. I maintain all three of those teams not good. I don't think these teams beat anybody this year. I have I have a feeling in Pittsburgh on Sunday Night Football, uh, Mike Tomlin's team is going to come out and we're just going to whoop on them. Well, uh, are you at all concerned about the revenge factor? Because it was the Colts that initially the Steelers opened up on, you know, last year. True. That was the six touchdown game. Six touchdown passes. And, you know, that was against the Colts and the Steelers lit them up. And and then they did it again the next week against the Ravens. But, um, you know, the Ravens are always pissed at the Steelers anyway. So, but the Colts, you know. They might have a little something to prove, and they're, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're looking over what happened to them, you know, a little over a year ago, and they're not happy about it. They're gonna, you know, try to prove that that was, you know, that was just a, a one-time fluke. No, I would say, I will, I will actually do a, 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 a Tony guarantee. This is a Tony guarantee. I guarantee this offense puts up 30 points. Guaranteed. That's four weeks in a row we're throwing 30 on the team. In fact, Ben might go for five in this game. He might go for five. Now that I think, ah, we run the ball too much in the red zone for him to go for five. We don't do, you know what we don't do anymore is we don't do the Bryant fade route anymore. Actually, you know who we used to do the fade route to the most was was Bell. We we like to line Bell out wide on the goal line because it was such a weird formation to defenses to deal with. We would throw to him, and it worked a lot. Now we don't have Bell. Rip. But anyway. That's true. I, I think, I think, no, I think we throw 30 on him. And when did we um, play the Saints last season? I know it was after a bye week played the Saints. So what was that in relation to putting up the, you know, playing the Colts? Uh, like way later. Yeah, it was way much later. much further down the line. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because we uh, the the sequence the of Saints, the Saints was a late season game. It was right around you know the first of December, right around how it is now. It was like yeah, the last, no, it was this game. This it was week thirteen, so it was this game, and then we went on to win four straight after that. I'll have you know that last year we lose to the Saints 35-32 in a game that was not that close because we scored a, oh, by the way, touchdown at the end. Um, we then go on to Cincinnati after that and win 42-21. 42-21. Oh, that was the best game of the season. That's a hint. That's a hint. That might be a hint for my score prediction, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But last year we threw 50 on the court. I'm not saying we're going to throw 50 on it. I will say, though, that our our defense is not going to do as bad. I don't think Matt House likes lighting up this defense. I think this defense is, A, going to get a turnover. And it might even be William Gay. Uh, or it could be Boykin. I like Boykin, too. Maybe Blake redeems himself. I don't know who it could be. Um, and I think offensively, I, I don't know. Oh, no, you know what? I got a prediction in this game. Because uh, I think this is a redemption story for someone on the team who's who's who started off poorly. Then last week, after he had a, he had a bye week to work on his game, then uh, he actually had a pretty good game last week. And I think this week, uh, he's taking one to the house. He's taking one... To the house, boys. It's Jacoby Jones. <laughs> ah, he needs to. He did. Yeah. Well, it would be nice. It would be nice. Yeah, he returns. He did improve. Yeah, he, he did. did. He actually, he actually looked like a real live kick returner out there. He had a decent return. Uh, I'll give him this. He looked about as good, as equal to um, Archer when they kicked Archer off the team. So he's risen to Archer's no, level. No, 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 no. Archer was awful when they kicked him off the team. In two bad weeks in a row. Uh, I'm looking up Free Archer real quick. I want to see if he got signed by anybody. Because people keep working him out. He worked out with someone else last week. I think it was the Browns. 
but I'm not sure. Hey, how long is um, Miller supposed to be out? Uh, oh, yeah, injury-wise, I think we're okay. Um, I think ben, you know, Ben's going through... Ben's going through concussion protocol, so there's a chance he doesn't play, but he claims he's fine. So, you know, the problem is he can't fake his way through a concussion. He either can pass the test or he can't. So there is a there is a possibility he doesn't play. Heath has a rib injury. They're going to monitor him. They said he's going to be limited in practice this week. Um, so there's a chance he won't play. Um, and then the other guy that's hurt – oh, there's two other guys that are hurt. Uh, Shazier has a concussion, and then Spence has, like, a hamstring injury. Um but I think both are like you know they both could play this week depending on how they practice. It's not, not no one is like officially out for this game besides the regulars. So, but really, I mean, I, I think for like Heath, I would say for Heath, especially since if he's questionable in this game to play, I would say hit, sit him out and wait for the Bengals game. Wait till Cincinnati. It's a much bigger, tougher game. Because we have to go to Cincinnati in that game than this one. This one should be, you know, this should be a routine Steeler win. This should not be like rocket science beating the Indianapolis. Because I still, yeah. maintain, I still maintain we're a really good team. I don't, I don't think this this bumps us. I, I don't think that the loss to the Seahawks makes us a worse team or like exposes some giant flaw. Like, yes, good quarterbacks are going to light us up every once in a while. Um, but you know, if we're talking about whether or not we can beat Tom Brady. I think we we knew going in, and we know coming out. Tom Brady's going to throw thirty on us, and we got to throw more than thirty on him. Yeah, it just kind of took some momentum away, for sure, and uh, obviously gave us a loss that we didn't need. And um, you know, it takes us out of the national picture of uh, or the national media of being that darling that you that, thought yeah. for sure we were going to make the playoffs and could make a run. But that's okay. You but yeah, I'm okay. I'm actually okay with that. Yeah. I don't want to be in the national media spotlight. You said Heath may not play. I'd like to see Jesse James a little more. Yeah, you know Tomlin. Oh my goodness! Did you did you hear Tomlin's press conference today? And I, I, he, I think he spent forty five minutes talking about how great Jesse James is. <laughs> no, I didn't hear the whole thing. Oh my goodness! I mean, Tomlin went off today on Jesse James, and in a good way. And the guy, Jesse has played so above the line. We're so happy with how he's, he's performing. Yada yada yada. What do you think Jesse James' stat, without looking, what is Jesse James' stat line? For the game or the season? That game. That that game? Yeah. I think he only had maybe two or three catches, right? Yeah, I was going to say. I I mean, I think he had like one catch in the game and and the uh, two-point conversion. So I'd say one catch for nine yards. that may be it. Yeah. Yeah. He had two catches. One for for eight yards and the other two-point conversion catch. Well, the eight yards was a big play, though, right? It was. Yeah, it was a decent first down. But I think he was underutilized. They should have went to him more. Oh, what did I say at the beginning of this game, too? First play of the game, what did they do? Uh, we, we did. We went to we, Knicks? I, I don't know if it was Knicks this time. It may have been a tight end, like tight end in the flat. It may have been Heath. Or, or no, oh, Will it was Johnson. a fullback. It was Johnson. Uh, oh, was it Johnson? Yeah. Because I know we did that a couple weeks ago. And then we hit the Miller a couple times right after that. But but it's like first play of the game. First play of the game was to Miller. First play of the game was to Miller. But yeah, it's for seven okay. yards. Pushed out of bounds. Seven yards, yeah, just you know, like a little quick out pattern. It was wide mm-hmm. open, and uh, never did it again. Tight end. No, that's not true. That's not true. The second drive. Look, the second drive in this. Uh, one thing uh, was fun watching this game. It was to Miller, but over the middle. It was well, no, it wasn't just Miller. It was Miller. It was Nicks. It was uh, Will Johnson. They all had catches on that second drive. The Steelers, I think, were kind of. I don't know if it was taken out of their game plan, but Ben definitely was going through his reads early in the game. It seemed like he was a little bit. 
um, uncomfortable with what he was seeing from the Seahawks because he was checking down to uh, he checked down to Nick's and he checked down to Will Johnson and he checked down to Heath on that second drive. Um, Probably because he was looking for Antonio the whole time. Looking for Antonio, yeah. I think I think the Steelers had to make an adjustment once they figured out that no Sherman's going to cover Antonio, so we gotta we gotta have other places to go on the play. I don't like that though. I, I think that don't you think you should gamble more? I don't think it, I don't think Sherman can cover Antonio. I think one on one. Well, I mean, look, you know, we threw it to I think we threw it to Antonio like ten times in this game, twelve times. Well, twelve targets, only six catches. I, look, I think you know Sherman was good. There was the one play that was weird, where Bryant uh, ran the wrong route, and it was like two guys running down the sideline together. Um, oh yeah, that was a weird play. That one looked like it was meant for it was meant for Brown, but Bryant was there. Um, Bryant, how do you guys rate Bryant's game in this game? I think he. I, and rewatching the tape, I think he had a bad game. I mean, I know he had the yeah. rushing touchdown, right? But uh, that was about it, though, because he. I mean, he dropped a clear pass. Oh yeah, he? well yeah, he had a long one. one. Yeah, like he had big. a long one. He just dropped it, and then he had a couple other deep balls where it was like, look, I understand Seattle's got a good defense, and like you know they they make they have good positioning on the football, but there was a couple fifty fifty balls where I just felt like, look, man, you know this you if you're gonna be who you think it. you are, you got to come down with the ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, he's had better games than that, and yeah. he's a better player than that. He'll be better, but that was, uh, yeah, that was disappointing to watch. Hey, I'm still pissed off about the interception, even though we were the game was over. The second one, the what is the catch interception? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, Brian right. pulled the ball out when right. the guy came to the ground. Right. I mean, I've, so I've, 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 I've since read up on this, and would you guys like to hear the, uh, the. Reason the rule book reason why this was not ruled a catch. You're gonna love this. I'd love, I'd love to hear it. Yes. Okay. So the going to the ground rule only counts for possession if you are making a clean catch. If the defender is knocking it away, like if you're going to the ground fighting with a defender, then it turns into a dual possession rule in which it doesn't matter how if all that matters is that you have possession and that's it. If the ball comes out after that, it's fine. How stupid is that? That is that's garbage. They they, they, they have to change. Look, I get. I heard it. someone say they just need to start over and rewrite the rule book. Rewrite the entire rule book. Well, let's yeah. just start with the catch. Let's just start with what is a catch because that's the most egregious one that happens far too often. In far, far, far. It's like every single week there's some what is a catch thing that happens, and this one was a meaningless one, right? This is at the end of the game. It didn't matter, but it's still annoying. That we can watch that play, and you think you know, but you don't know, but you're like, maybe I think I know what, the, what is a catch now. Nope. Every time you think you know, nope, there's some other BS part of the rule that you don't know about. Um, and it's been, and the thing about it, the thing that gets me about this thing is that this is not a new phenomenon that all of a sudden, like, well, you know, we've had these, we've had some controversy about what is a catch. Yeah, for like five years. You should fix it. You should actually fix it this year. Instead of going to the committee and going, no, you know, we're pretty comfortable with where it is. Makes no sense. Even uh, even uh, uh, Nance and Sins went off this week about it. They, uh, Nance went on like a felt like a five minute rant about what is a catch. Yeah, during the game, yeah, yeah. he was. He was. Well, it's very annoying, and and um, you know, not many people do. But I I uh, wax nostalgic uh, from time to time about the old days of football. And on this, I will just say that um, you know, in the seventies, eighties, there was. A lot less controversy when you know about 
about the officiating of a football game, the calls in a football game. You just watch a game, and every once in a while, you know, like maybe once in a season or twice in a season, you go, oh, man, that guy stepped out, and, and, it, and they didn't call it. Um, and so it's a bad call. And that's it. That's it. We now have controversy every single week, practically every single game. And I'm not going to say what I always say. You guys figure out why that is. Hey, Joe, you know what? I'm starting to agree with you a little. I mean, I'm not totally there yet, but I'm starting to lean that way of uh, what you were going to say is no replay. And um, and just like you said, I mean, just live with the call on the field and let a ref determine if a catch is a catch or not a catch. And basically, it should just be the eye test. And here's the last thing. You know how I always like to go to extremes and go over the top a little bit. <laughs> Not at all. Not, not, not only do that. Okay, how about this? Not only we're we going to cut out, you know, uh, replay for officials, they should cut out replay for all fans in football. Oh, I you just see, never get to see it twice. This is where I was going to go. You just never get to see it twice. You'll never know. You'll never know. It's because it's better. Ignorance is bliss, right? And you'll never. If it was a bad call, like you don't need to know. I mean, and if and if Directv and the NFL can screw anything up or mess with anything that you really like, they could probably make it so your DVR does not rewind during an NFL game. No, this is great, because what will we'll end up happening is, like, you'll have some fans, like, with their smartphones taking camera of it, and then you'll have, like, the Zapruder films or whatever, like, from the, you know, from inside the stadium, where it's like, oh, was was Ben Roethlisberger, did, was the, you know, was it over the goal line, or was it not over, the, was the ball over the goal line, or not, or did his feet get down, and you'll have, like, different angles from the stadium being able to see, because we can't see from replay. <laughs> It'll be like uh, that old Brady Bunch episode to date us a little bit here with Greg Brady, Greg Brady taking that picture in the end zone <laughs> and costing his home football team a, a game yeah. because of a picture he took. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. We'll be, you'll be you know, YouTube will be full of just like video from the stands. But speaking of video from the stands, uh, did you guys watch any of? Uh, well, okay. Number one, we have to preface this by saying the Cleveland Browns are the worst football team in the history of ever. And they are finding new and impressive ways to lose football games. I compared them today. They're like the Chip Kelly of losing. Um, and I guess I mean that in before Chip Kelly was a bad coach. But, like, you know what? Chip Kelly is inventing, like, new offense or whatever. He's revolutionizing offense. Well, Browns are revolutionizing losing. And Monday night, on Monday Night Football, they found uh, one of the greatest ways to lose that you possibly can, which is they intercept Matt Schaub. It's, the game is tied. It's 23, or 27 to 27. They intercept Matt Schaub. They have the ball at like midfield. They drive a little bit. They're ready. They're setting up for a field goal. It's going to be like a, a 50 yard attempt or something. Um, it, uh, it is blocked and then returned for a touchdown. And their game winning 50 yard field goal turns into a game losing blocked field goal touchdown. And this happened in Cleveland. If you go, uh, I highly recommend you go on Deadspin. And watch all of the plethora of, of fan cam that they have in that game of people who took video from the game and just the sheer agony of being a Cleveland Browns fan at the game. Um, hilarious to watch. It's so sad, but also hilarious. It, it is sad and it's, it's, it's funny sad. Um, I was very disappointed because I like, I'd rather see the Ravens go down. Uh, but I guess as a Steeler fan, you just, all you can hope for in a division game like that. Is that one of the teams goes down like that, right? <laughs> so, I mean, there's some joy in that. However, however, I mean, the poor Browns, they gave up two, uh, you know, a punt return also in that game. And not, you know, they had to kick the 50 yarder because they kind of botched the clock before that, where they could have had, 
10 or 15 more seconds to run a couple more plays and get at least, uh, you know, five or 10 more yards to make the field goal a little closer. Right. I mean, the quarterback was running, got the first down, and instead of just running out of bounds, he slides in bounds. Now, granted, he hasn't played that much, but, and he's trying to be smart, but in that case, it's probably better to run out of bounds and save the timeout. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. He, uh, well, I, it also was funny in that game because the quarterback gets hurt. And, you know, they've, they've had this rule, you know, the, the Browns have said we're not going to start Manziel anymore because of his uh, alcohol problems. And so uh, the quarterback is hurt. Now they're like, oh, shit, we have to put in Austin Davis now because we can't put in Manziel. And the crowd boos because they want to see Manziel out there. The Browns are just in that. I mean, they're just, hmm. I, I'm kind of happy the Browns lost because I don't want the Ravens to get a top five pick. I'd rather the Ravens keep winning and end up somewhere around, like, seven and nine. Like, not good enough to make the playoffs, but bad enough where they're, you know, Bad, or not, you know, bad enough where uh, they're not going to make the playoffs, but not good enough that they're uh, they're not going to get like a, a top five pick. So that's true. Yeah, that's where I am. No. And the Browns, the Browns getting top five pick. Like, they, how many top five picks have the Browns had in the last ten years? They screw every single one up. So I'm fine with it. So can I talk about how just just a quick my quick synopsis on the pathetic Browns? How sure. pathetic they are. Mm-hmm. Because it it is it is sad. Uh, it is. I'll, I'll say this. It's it's an amazing. Um, it's an amazing thing to behold that they still have fans after all of these years, um, that there are Browns fans. There are Browns fans that don't live in Ohio and don't live in the Cleveland area. It's amazing um, that they exist after all of the decades of disappointment and and being jilted in every which way you can imagine um, as a football fan. I can't, I can't imagine being a football fan of a team like the, like the Browns for decades. Um, I mean, going back to even when they had their last heyday, which was, I guess, in the '80s, right, with Brian Sapp and and Biner and all them, right, and they and they had the the you know the uh, the Elway Drive, you know, where they had the game yeah. on, and then mm-hmm. you know they have this, so they have to watch the drive, you know, for 30 years now, um, and in in you know, is one of the greatest things that ever happened in football, and of course, it happened to them. Um, and then the, didn't the next year they had the Going in for the touchdown, fumble on the one yard line or whatever, and they missed the, the fumble again. That's what right? they call it, the fumble. The fumble. Okay. Um, so, so, and then, and then there's just a litany. I mean, in any given season, um, pretty much half of the games that the Browns are going to lose, and they lose a lot. So that's a pretty good number. It's a pretty good sample size. Um, about half of their losses are just gut wrenching, heartbreaking. You know, just rip your guts out. To where you don't, you know, you don't want to eat for the rest of the week, um, kind of losses. Uh, and, and this is a team that has just been jilted from the get go. I mean, the, the team is named after a guy, Paul Brown, who left them. They, they continue to keep their name, the Browns, uh, even after he left them, which I think was in the late 60s when he moved to Cincinnati to form the rival Bengals. Um, and so they're jilted by their founder, uh, bought by Art Modell, who then leaves Cleveland, le- just absolutely leaves them flat and goes to Baltimore, leaves Cleveland with no football team. Okay. Now here's the, the, the jilted city of Cleveland, the jilted football Browns fans, um, without a football team, um, twice jilted by their owners, um, and, 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 okay, so now they're going to get a football team back, and they fight to keep the name Browns. 
It is the worst name in football. They have no logo. They have the worst uniform in all of sports. Okay, and the, and the, and the reason for all of this is because of the original guy who jilted them back in the sixties. Uh, why the hell do they want to be named the Browns anymore? It doesn't make any sense. That guy left them and formed another team. Even he doesn't want the name anymore. They're gonna, I, I I'm gonna tell you this, Cleveland Browns fans, Cleveland Browns management, you need to change your name. You need, just like, I used to say this about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 76 until, un, un, uh, with a small, brief, very brief exception of the period when they had Doug Williams on their team, and not the whole time, only for a small time. They lost every season uh, until they finally changed that hideous creamsicle uniform. Um, and then, and then they, and then they got uh, Dungy, and then they got uh, Chucky, and they won some games and won a Super Bowl. Uh, well, the same thing goes for the Browns. You need to dump the name Browns. You need to, you need to pick up an actual mascot. You need to become an actual football team and change your damn uniform and put a logo on your helmet. Okay, and then you'll be a real football team. You can compete in the NFL. But right now, you guys are just like you're. They're like pathetic losers, and you just keep coming back for more. Doesn't make any sense. That's well said. And uh, as far as the name D A W G S, they should be the Cleveland Dogs that play in the dog pound. It's just natural. And yeah, they should change the uniforms and get a logo. They should definitely change the uniforms for the worst uniforms in sports. Especially this year, where they made it even worse somehow. I actually didn't mind their uniforms before, but now they're they're just awful. It's an awful year. All right, uh, score predictions. Let's do some score predictions for Indianapolis against Pittsburgh. I will go first. I am predicting, uh, uh, much like uh, we we crushed Cincinnati after we played uh, New Orleans and lost that game. I predict we crush the Indianapolis Colts in prime time. I don't think this is going to be a game. I think it's going to be as close to a fun fest as you can have. The Steelers are mad. Uh, they understand this can't happen again. Um, they're they're facing a, a far uh, far inferior opponent, especially when compared to Seattle. Um, and they're doing it in front of their their home fans. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict a 43 43. That's one two point conversion, six touchdowns, one two point conversion, 43 to 14 game. Um, I just don't I don't see how Indy beats us. Um, and I do want to clarify what I said last week. And I think I was technically right because last week I said I don't see the Steelers winning uh, unless they blow them out. And I don't see the Steelers losing unless they get blown out. Um, and I think what I was trying to say is there is if the Steelers do lose, it's more about what the Seahawks did than what the Steelers did. And I maintain that to this week. So my prediction last week, while wrong, was uh, I got the, the, the gist of it. What I was trying to get across came through. So even though you got the answer what? wrong, you're arguing for points. I'm arguing that I what? I got I got well, the so sentiment. Tony, when you right. were in school, did you like when you got an F on your test? Did you mm-hmm. go and say, "Look, I actually got this answer right"? If you look at it from you know some fakakta angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, of yeah. course. Yeah, that's how you got through through school. There are no wrong answers. All right, Mike, let's hear it. What's not going to happen this week? <laughs> Uh, let's see, what do I vision here? Uh, Blake going into the end zone with the ball in one hand. I don't know. Um, no, I don't see that. Uh, I, I agree. I think they're going to score 30 again. I like the stat that you brought up that they've scored 30 in the last three weeks in a row. So obviously if Ben plays, that's, uh, you know, there's a good chance of that happening. Um, oh, by the way, if Ben, like... doesn't, if ben doesn't play, I'm not watching this game. I, I'm done with football. If Ben's out with a concussion, I'm done with football. 
And this is a uh, Sunday night game. Yeah. Oh, it's in Pittsburgh. Isn't it in Pittsburgh? It's in Pittsburgh, yeah. I don't know why I was thinking it wasn't. That's awesome. That's good. So anyway, I got a 32 for the Steelers. That's a same thing. One point or a two point conversion in there. 32 to 17, where I think it's close in the first half, but we pull away in the second half. Yeah. I don't have much more on that. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'll give you this. If Ben, if Ben plays, I think the Steelers score lots of points again, um, against the Colts. Um, I don't think they have. I don't think they'll have an answer, even though they're pissed off about and embarrassed about what happened last time. Steelers will put up another forty-eight on them, um, but I do think the defense is going to get is going to give up points. Uh, so I'll give it forty-eight thirty-one. That's my score if Ben plays. If Ben doesn't play, who do we have? Landry. 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 What's show. going on with Vic? Is Vic just they got they're tired of Vic, or is he actually injured? No, Vic. I think they they understand Vic uh, is not the same Michael Vic. So he's just, they're just done with Vic. They're done with Vic. They don't care if he's, you know. Correct. He's the third, he's third on the team, he's third on the depth chart and he does not, uh, suit up for games. Whether he can play or not, they don't, they don't don't want him to play. Okay. Okay. So, uh, that's too bad. I I disagree with that. Um, so, you know, Vic, so right now we got Vic, got Archer, we're gonna put a little sub Steelers team together here. Team of the Steelers misfits. Um, well, so far you're off to a <laughs> I got pretty guys. atrocious start. I mean, for being I mean, honest, <laughs> Vic is ready if needed. Um, no, but uh, so if Landry plays, uh, Steelers put up uh, maybe maybe. Oh, can I even say twenty? Oh my lord! You put up thirteen against Kansas City, but that was in Kansas. Uh, okay, so twenty. We'll give them twenty, you know, because they're at home. Well, you can't do two predictions. You got to predict whether or not Ben plays. You told me last week I can't do two. Well, this is a legitimate thing. I'm saying if Ben no, 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 plays, no, 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 no. Ben doesn't play. Mm-hmm. I can't allow it. Sorry. Games. Oh, okay. Can't whether Ben plays or not, the Steelers are going to score 48. No, you should uh, predict, first. You have to predict whether or not Ben plays, right? That's your I first question. How can I predict that? Huh? Got to use your prognostication skills. I don't know about that. Probably he doesn't play. Probably the NFL's called and said, "Hey, hey, they got this concussion movie coming out, and it stars Heinz Field." And Mike Webster and the Pittsburgh Steelers, so absolutely not. Ben can't play. Okay? In which case the score is twenty to seventeen Steelers. Well I like it. Boz, the Boz coming through in the end. Yeah, that was uh you and I went to go see Creed yesterday, which by the way, fantastic movie, everyone should see it. But uh I, I like that you got all excited when because the, the concussion trailer starts with Heinz Field. And it because it starts yeah. with Mike Webster. And you know, it came movie. on my T V first and I and I and I, I paused it and I went back. Because I knew it was Heinz Field, and I just stopped, and I was like, dang, man, they're going to do a movie about Heinz Field. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, what movie is this? Just the disappointment that came over Joe as the trailer went on and on. No, I already knew what it was. But I, at first, I did spark. I was like, oh, Heinz Field, because I forgot for a second what it was. <laughs> oh, it's this. Oh, it's this movie. Um, all right. Any any, uh, any around the NFL stuff we need to talk about? I mean. Uh, I'm going to do around the Hollywood uh, about that movie. So I just saw it from the – because the trailer was longer than what they showed on TV, and I think I fast-forwarded past the one on TV. So last night I watched the trailer, and they're, and they're making out like the NFL knew about the the effects of the concussions. I don't know what time frame. Well, uh, they did. Um, I mean, they – yeah. I and mean, then they, they, they buried they it. They so they're trying – I mean, it's the whole tobacco argument. You know, you guys knew about the harms of tobacco in the 40s, and then you hit all, hit all the research until the 60s. And, you know, um, so they're trying to make that, that's the case. I don't think the NFL, come on, I don't think the NFL 
knew the concussions, and then you know you got to make the guy play anyway. It's it's very Hollywooded up. Oh, the movie itself is Hollywooded up for sure. But I, the end, I, no, there there are there is evidence that the NFL was was looking into the 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 effects of concussions far before this guy ever made his. Well, his, looking uh, into is one thing. Um, but, uh, but, but indicting the entire league for saying, right, well, hey, kind of, we knew these guys were getting, you know, the effect of the brain damage. I'm not trying was to defend. happen and we absolutely hit it and didn't yeah, tell anybody. Right. No, no, the movie, the movie itself is clearly a hit piece on the NFL. I mean, that, that is what it is. This is not. And the Steelers are at the center of it. Well, Mike, well, Mike Webb, no, the Steelers are not, but Mike Webster is. Um, well, Heinz Field, Mike Webster, the Steelers are at the center. I don't know if they're going to hit. Right. The Rooney family. No, 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 they're gonna hit. They're gonna. Goodell is actually a character in the movie. Goodell is played by Luke Wilson. Um, no, the movie itself, which has gotten poor reviews, is is just a hit piece on the NFL. Um, but the NFL was doing was doing studies into concussions long before this. The, the movie is about the guy, the doctor who made the um, the discovery about CTE, right? The the what what Junior Seau had, what Chris Henry had, what Dave Duerson had. What Mike Webster had, um, the disease that is conca- caused by concussions um, or repeated head trauma was discovered by this guy. Um, and w- what is true that's in the movie a little bit is that the NFL denied it at first. There was a year that the NFL spent denying that this guy's work was even true before Goodell finally said, actually, okay, we are going to take this seriously. And that's when they got rid of – that was the year when basically James Harrison was outlawed from the NFL. But anyway, I don't want to get too deep into the concussion rabbit hole. Let, let's talk. Let's talk about actual football. Football on the field. Uh, uh, it is interesting that uh, changing subjects here. That with the Broncos win, they're one game out of first place for the AFC. Right? So right, one you know if they gain one more game on the Patriots, they're going to get the number one seed. And, and Gronk probably isn't playing this week. They play the Eagles. If Gronk misses two weeks, you know they play next week. Not not this week, but the next week, the week after. They, no, they go to Houston. They're like reddest hot team in football right now. Well, besides Carolina. Let's say the the, the the red hot team in the AFC. I think they have the longest winning streak of anyone in the AFC. Oh, no, outside Kansas City. Stupid Kansas City. Anyway, Houston, though, don't look now, but Houston Texans winning football games. Winning football games, I believe they should not be winning. And, uh, I, I uh, you know, it was, it was all fun and games when Houston beat Cincinnati a couple weeks ago, and they held them to six points. But that's – Houston's defense now has held – uh, teams to six points in th- in three out of the last four weeks. Who they play? They play Cincinnati and then who? Who's that? They, uh, Tennessee this week? and uh, they played the Saints this week. Okay, I mean the Cincinnati win was big, but right. Tennessee and the Saints. Right, I know, but I know. still, it's, but it's holding, good holding, holding a team to, to just six points is yeah, yeah, it's no small feat. Um, yeah, you know you and I, I, I actually, you know what, Mike, I don't mean to call you out for a second time on this podcast, but. I blame this on you because you said two weeks ago on this podcast, maybe it was last week on the bye week podcast, you said that that being the five seed is a bye week. And I said I, I don't want to play Houston, and now here we are. Houston's doing you know, Houston all of a sudden looks like I don't want to play Houston. I don't want to play Houston. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. I still think it it's gonna end up being a no, bye I, week. I think I think it is a bye week as well. Um yeah, I mean, not, I don't know. It's kind of a ho hum week in the NFL, right? I mean, the Steelers, Steelers, Seahawks was the biggest Sunday game. Uh, nothing else really of note happened on Sunday, right? The Redskins, I guess the Redskins beat the Giants. And yeah, actually, that's good. I just no, noticed that that both teams are five and six, and they're leading their division over the Eagles by a game. Yep. So that's a 
crazy division. But actually, one of the biggest upsets was the Bears beating the Packers on Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving night. Thanksgiving night, yeah. Packers are now seven and four, one game out of behind the Vikings. Yeah, and they still have the Cardinals left in their schedule. They still have the Vikings one more time. They have the Lions in Detroit uh, when, on Thursday night. Not easy. Not an easy schedule for them. Not easy. And that team, uh, they have they have legitimate problems on offense. Out, if you take away the the Vikings win, which I mean, you know, you, okay, it's a good win because they went to a Minnesota. They've lost four of their last five. They've scored ten points, sixteen points, thirteen points. Three of those games. Um, you know, they threw up twenty nine against Carolina, but they ended up they gave up thirty seven in that game. Their offense has not been it's not been the powerhouse we thought it was going to be. They can miss the playoffs. Easily. Yeah, you know, when you look at the NFC, the wild card's not locked up. No, well, got, because Atlanta's free-falling right now. And the Packers have seven wins. Atlanta has six, and Seattle has six. Yep. And that's it. And then a few teams with five right. could get back in it. Yeah, well, don't you know, Tampa's in there, too. Tampa's at five wins. I know they lost this week to Indy. That was probably a game they, they really needed to win if they were going to make a real playoff run. But... um I think with with Atlanta free falling, I don't think Atlanta makes the playoffs, which opens up a wild card spot. I I don't see how Seattle doesn't make. It. They have they have the Ravens, they have the Browns, they have the Rams still left, and their two tough games are at Minnesota, a game I think they win, because um, I think I think Minnesota plays right into their hands as far as the style of football. And then their last game of the year is at Cardinals, a game the Cardinals may sit their starters for, because they're nine and two, they're going to have everything locked up by then, or they're going to have the bye week locked up by then at least. Even if they lose those two games, nine and seven may get them in. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those other three games are easy for them, so it seems. And uh, the Rams are just tanking, man. They were they look good at the beginning of the season, but they got nothing now. They played us really tough. I mean, well, Ben went out in that game, but um, yeah, I thought they I thought they had a chance to be a sneaky good team this year, but uh, nope. Who's the oh you know what's a good 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 topic for now because we're we're right in that time. Who's the good bad team this year? Who's the team that has a good record that is probably not like they're not good? Is it the Kansas Vikings? City? Kansas City? Atlanta. Oh Atlanta, well, yeah. Atlanta's definitely I don't even know if Atlanta's a uh I don't know. And then well, I mean can you, uh, you I guess you can't you can't put the Packers in there, but they're behaving like it. Yeah. Well, the Packers, what are the Packers' wins this year? Do the Packers have impressive wins? They beat Seattle at the beginning of the year, remember that. Oh no, look at the, oh no. Okay, their wins are Bears in week one, then Seahawks in week two, then Chiefs in week three. So all three of those teams at the beginning of the year that they were played were playing poorly at the beginning of the year, but have since turned it around. They played, they beat the Niners, they beat the Rams, they beat the Chargers, then they lose to Broncos, Panthers, Lions, they beat the Vikings on the road. That's a good win for them. That's like probably their best win of the year. Uh, that and the Seahawks win. And then they lose to the Bears. They might be the good bad team. Which would mean that they're going to end up losing to, they could lose to any of Lions, Raiders, Cardinals, Vikings at the end of the year and just completely fizzle out. Because they don't have an easy enough schedule to get them through. That's a pretty tough schedule for them there. Yeah. Lions being the easy, yeah, Lions being the easiest one, but they just lost the Lions. Did they lose the Lions? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they lost the Lions in Green Bay, which means this one now is in Detroit. I mean, not that, you know, Detroit has such a home field advantage, but, you know, Detroit quietly here has won three in a row, including being the Packers. They also beat the Raiders and they beat the Eagles. And their defense is actually, you know, their defense last year was really what, what propelled them. Um, 
is their defense played really well. And now their defense in these last couple weeks, they've given up 16, 13, 14. So, I mean, not like dominating defense, but pretty good. Okay. Another good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Good, bad team. I mean, uh, what about the Panthers? Oh, goodness gracious. Are you kidding me? That's not very nice, is it? <laughs> no, they're a solid team. Yeah, I, I think they're good. I was just joking. Yeah, I, I did suspect them of that early, but then I watched them play a few games. And they're and they're just playing well, and I, I uh, they they play good defense. I think they always have. Yeah. Um, they played pretty solid offense, and it's always just a, it's always been hinged on whether Cam Newton could play a solid game or not, and that was always on and off. Right. But but that he, I mean, he's just turned into a veteran quarterback, and and I, you know there was a podcast that we talked about that phenomenon on how long it takes to develop a quarterback um, in the league now because it's so hard to play the position. Right, you can't come out of college. It's like well, and because college doesn't teach you NFL quarterbacking, yeah. And so there's hardly any quarterbacks now that can just come into the league and play. Um, and and you know we we even talked about uh, how the disparity um, in the in the wins and losses this year is bigger than it's been. That you know the the Pete Rozelle's dream of parity is dying this year uh, because. And I, I attribute that, and I think we, we talked about this on an earlier podcast, that you, you either have a quarterback that can play the position or you don't. Right. Um, and when you do, it's, it's so much more likely that you're going to win games um, that, that parity is out the window. It's yes, what, it do you is. have a quarterback or don't you? Yeah, it's a have-and-have-not league now. The game is so reliant on the pass, and the, and the, and the position is so complicated to learn how to play. And I, get, and I think this is what we've seen is – a guy with talent who didn't get bounced from team to team to team. We had a pretty, pretty, is, has, um, Rivera been the coach there the entire time or was John Fox still there? I think Fox is the one who drafted him, but Rivera's been there the majority of so the time. It's, so he went from Fox to Rivera, but that's it. So he didn't have like 10 different coaches right. and traded to a bunch of teams and, um, that's what happens to a lot of young guys. Uh, and here's a guy that got, you know, he had a rough, rough few seasons. He'd have his sparks and, and now he seems to have have learned that position and can play it with you know at a level that few guys can. And uh, well, you know his stats this year. You know he's a guy whose stats. You know he has that like Ben Roethlisberger thing going for him, where it's like he doesn't have great stats, but but he wins. You know? Finding where to win. Finds ways to win. Yeah, he has a fifty-seven percent completion percent. Fifty-seven percent. That's well, usually fifty-seven percent I mean, is like a bad quarterback. When I watch him play, he plays well. Right. I, I don't see 57 percent. That's why the stats. I always say right. stats. You know, I don't, I don't really pay close attention. And to the thing stats. is that they don't have you know these uh, big time receivers on the team either. No, I mean, hey, you know, name, name two receivers on Carolina right now. That's not Greg Olson. You can't net Greg Olson because he's a tight end. Name two I think Crab, on the is Crabtree on the team. No. Is there a Crabtree? No. Who am I thinking of then? Who's the other guy? Who, what do you mean? Who's the other guy? I, I mean, who is their main receiver? Um, Jericho Cotri. Oh, Cotri. No, I'm thinking of. Uh, well, Kelvin Benjamin's guy. hurt. Yeah, he's a fast guy. Uh, he doesn't. He actually doesn't catch many passes. Oh, you think it's Ted Ginn? Games. It's funny that you're going to yeah, take Ginn. It's funny yeah. that you're going to Ted Ginn. That's great. Yeah. Now their their wide receivers are uh, Jericho Cotri, Devin Funches, Ted Ginn Jr. Yeah. The so the the regular who's who of uh, of great wide receivers yeah. in the NFL. So um, I have two things. The first thing is I have a homework assignment for everyone. Oh. Wow. So you talked about the haves and have nots. So. You should go through – we don't have to do this here, and we could do it next podcast or 
like I said, homework assignment. Go through each team and decide if they're a you know if they have a quarterback is are they a have or a have not. And then after you do that, then look at each team and see what their record is against the haves and then what their record is against the have nots. And um, I, like this. I think that's how you can tell who who a good team really is. Now are we talking about uh, uh, okay, so when we're talking about have and have nots as far as quarterbacks, what, uh, yeah. how are we rating? Like, am I saying? Do you have a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl? Do you have a quarterback that can make you to the playoffs? I think a Super Bowl run. You have to make you a know. Super Bowl run. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't like, even think there's ten in the league right now. Yeah, maybe there's not. I mean, and and so when I look at some of these teams that don't have a quarterback, but their records five and six or six and five, I don't know, but I got to believe that they've played a lot of games against teams that don't have quarterbacks, and that's how they got a few wins. I, yeah, I, you know, you know. Well, the thing that the thing that kills me is. Uh, you know, there's one there's there's one team this year that has a record that's too high for their quarterback. It's just it's like an outlier for their quarterback, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> that's the Bengals. Yeah, Bengals. See, I'm gonna disagree with you. I mean, I think that's a have. I mean, I think Andy Dalton could make a run at the Super Bowl. Ugh, no. I mean, we we know we we assume we think we know what's gonna happen in the playoffs, but you know, it could change. I mean, looks like you guys just said it. I mean, it takes a guy four, five, six years to really. Come into his own. So, if you're rating quarterbacks right now, are could you give me ten quarterbacks better than Andy Dalton? Uh, probably. Okay, so you think there's ten? You think you can give me ten? And you can't name. I think Locke, I could. You can't name, and you can't name injured quarterbacks. But you give me ten not injured quarterbacks. I mean, it's going to be debatable who's the haves and have-nots. I mean, I, I would consider Winston and Mariota. They can't take you to the Super Bowl now, but I think they're they're probably going to end up being haves. You know, down the road. Yeah, but I this mean, year, those teams this, this year, year they're have nots. Yeah, they're yeah, have nots. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Right now, we're just talking about this season. But see, like, yeah. then you have like weird cases like Philip Rivers. Like Rivers, I think he should be able to make you a Super Bowl run, right? Yeah, I mean, it's I don't think it's him. I think yeah, it's Rivers and Rivers and Breeze kind of break the theory. And, and I don't know about Breeze. Is, Breeze is playing. Uh, Breeze, but Breeze is, playing is not playing. Actually, Breeze kind yeah. of. Lost. Yeah, I think Breeze fell off. Breeze fell. I off. mean, the, and then you got you know a guy like Romo who just hasn't played. But he would be a have if he was healthy. But if he was healthy, yeah, luck is the same way, right? Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah, if luck, if luck were healthy. So uh, another thing. So uh, I don't know you want to keep talking about well, that. I, no, I, one more thing about have and have nots yeah. that I'm talking about that we want to talk about here is this is the ultimate have and have not. If you're the Denver Broncos and you and we've all heard the reports now, we've all heard the reports that against when, when Denver comes to Pittsburgh in two weeks, that is the game that Peyton Manning has scheduled. Uh, he has he has circled and said, "I want to come back for that game." Um, if you're the Denver Broncos, do you let him come back? I heard someone say this this morning, and I like the answer. I think it may have been um, it may have been Hasselbeck's brother. Um, oh, uh, Tim? Tim Tim Hasselbeck. He may have said it, unless it was Dilfer. I think it was Tim though. So anyway, he just basically said, "Look, if he comes back healthy, just by his track record and everything like that, and he says he can play, and even if you have to change the offense a little bit, because I understand Peyton doesn't go under center a lot, he can't. He, I don't know, maybe he can't even do some handoffs the way the other guy does because he can't doesn't have the footwork right. or whatever. So anyway, you just got to go. You got. I mean, if we're going to take a chance, you got to go one way or the other. And I want to make a Super Bowl run. I want to get to the Super Bowl. I'd rather go down swinging with a man like Peyton Manning. You know, I mean, even after Osweiler beat beat uh, Brady. Yeah, I mean, I. I gotta agree with that. You know, you gotta at least, we said it last week, you gotta see what you got in him. But, uh, I mean, I gotta put my faith in the guy that's been in the league for 20 years and has won a lot of games and he's smarter than probably, you know, just about every guy on the field, you know, on the field or, or, uh, on the coaching staffs of every team as far as knowing football. 
Joe, what do you think? Would you put him in? So, um, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be really, really a rotten thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because I that's what I think. Uh, I think you put Peyton Manning in because the Steelers' defense is the perfect defense for him to throw against. And if he can do it, if he can't do it against the Steelers' defense, you got nothing. So you may as well find out in Pittsburgh. Uh, actually, I would say I would thought you were going to go the other way with that one. I thought you were being a Steeler homer because I I think it's the perfect. He's the perfect quarterback no, for us to play, dude. It's, you got to understand, bad defense pisses me off really bad. No, no, no. But I, I, what I'm saying is, he's really thrown those, pisses me he's off. Thrown, he's thrown nine touchdowns, seventeen interceptions this year. Right, but he's going to come back. Uh, assuming I'm assuming he's going to be healthier than he's been because he's taking the time off. Right. I, if he comes back injured, then he, it isn't, doesn't matter which defense he's playing against. He's not going to do well. Okay. But if he comes back, um, and he, and he's healthy, even just for one game or even for a few quarters, um, it, it, he can, he can light up the Steelers defense. He did it in his triumphant return to football right, right. after his neck injury. But that was two years ago. See, I don't, I don't know if, I know that everyone wants to just, Say, oh well, he threw he threw these all these interceptions and all the bad play he had was because he was injured, and that's the only reason. He's still Peyton Manning, but I don't know, man. Sometimes you just you just lose it. You just you know what I mean. You look at what happened to Kobe Bryant in the, in the NBA this year. This is you know. Well, I mean, Tony, what we're saying, what Mike and I are saying is, you put him in and find out. Give one, you at least give know. one more chance. You're not going to assume that. You never. You can't assume that with a with Peyton Manning. I'm not assuming it. I'm saying you've thrown 17 interceptions in your nine well, starts this year. You're saying you don't need to put him back in. I don't already know. I don't even. The need, test I don't has even already know. been. Yeah, I think. Run. I think I already know. You're done. You're done. And sometimes, it, sometimes it just falls off like that for for guys, right? It happened to Tiger Woods. It happened to Kobe Bryant. It happens to everybody. You know, as they always say, time is undefeated, right? Um, and Oh, you're stealing from Creed. Well, no, I mean, it's, I mean, they said it in Creed, which is why I said it here. But it's it's not from the movie. No, I know. Everybody says <laughs> I know. Uh, but we just heard it. Last we night. just heard it last night. Um, no, I, I think I think Peyton's done. I, I think I agree with you guys that like maybe you do have to give him one more chance, and because Osweiler's probably not going to get you a Super Bowl run. But man, they just beat the Patriots. Like maybe he could because he's not turning the ball over, and they have a very very, very good defense. Those guys are. It's just a different game in the playoffs. You're right. You're right. And he will not. Yeah. He will not be poised in the. Playoffs. But are you are you prepared to maybe give Osweiler a playoff like playoff experience? Let him have the playoff experience. Like he's probably going to lose, but you're probably going to lose a Manny. No, I, I would be prepared to let Peyton take the team as far as he could take it. Okay, and then if he can't, he yeah. gets hurt. Whatever, he can't play. Fine, Osweiler's in. We go with it. And that's that's my season. Now, I may not want Peyton back next year. But yeah, you dance with Ubrunia. I think you got to give him his last hurrah. He, he, you know, he, he signed up for it. You signed him up for it. I yeah. think you got to go with him. Hey, go I got ahead. one. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. A different subject here. Yeah. Uh, um. So the Panthers are eleven and zero. I just started thinking, like, uh, you know how you always root against a team to go undefeated for whatever reason, especially mm-hmm. if it's the Patriots, and um. And then even the Dolphins, you know, it's nice the Dolphins have that undefeated season, but it is kind of annoying every time they pop the champagne. Right. And then, uh, what's his name always comes out? Mercury Morris. Um, Mercury Morris. So that gets annoying. But if a team's going to go 19 and 0, you know, for us Steeler fans or any other fans, wouldn't it be like a, you know, kind of an, wouldn't it be good to be an unassuming team like the Panthers? 
there's not much hate for the Panthers. No. So let them go 19-0, let them have the record, and uh, then, you know, then if the Patriots ever do it, they won't be the first to do it. I think they are going to go 16-0. I think, I think their schedule sets up very favorably for them. They have one yeah, but- tough game left, and that's at the Giants. That's a losable game. But outside of that, they have the Bucks, they have the Falcons twice, and they have the Saints. Um, I, I, you know, the way that they're playing right now, I don't, I don't think they lose. I think that they go, they go into the playoffs undefeated. Now, whether or not they can get through that uh, unscathed is a different story. But it'd be interesting if we had, you know, them them going undefeated through the regular season to me is story enough. We've had, we would then have had two undefeated regular season teams in eight years. Yeah, that'd be surprising. You know, uh, at the Saints and at the Falcons, division teams on the road, especially this week at the Saints. I mean, no one's expecting the Saints to do anything. I could see that. I could see the Saints putting up points and the Panthers not being able to catch them. Potentially, pot- potentially, yeah. You could. I guess you could make an argument for that. That it's, it's a, that it's a division game on the road, and it's an unassuming thing. All right. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 we're, we're almost, almost two hours. Well, actually, I'm gonna cut this down. So probably, we're probably at like an hour 40, but whatever. That's gonna do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you wanna leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountryPodcast.com. You could, uh, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash SteelerCountry, Facebook.com slash SteelerCountryPodcast. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher to search for Steeler Country. Uh, preferably all one word will get you there. And oh, we listen. We do this podcast live every Tuesday night, eight o'clock. Usually is when we start. Uh, so you can like us on YouTube or subscribe to our YouTube page, and you can get notified. You'll also get notified on Facebook and Twitter uh, that we are recording live. We will see you next week uh, after the Pittsburgh Steelers play the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday Night Football, our final primetime game of the year, because CBS has protected our games against the Broncos and the Bengals, meaning that uh, two games that probably should be in primetime will not. And this game that probably should not be in prime time will be. Anyway, we'll see you then.